Welcome back to Drunk Confessions. I'm your host, Mia Mio, a mischievous independent asshole, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Today I am welcomed by one of my former co-workers, the best bartender I've ever seen, a Viking, an actor, a dad, he does it all. His name is Johnny Gautier, and we are so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope I'm not making you nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I love when they're nervous. Oh, God. Okay, well, we're just going to jump right into the intro and then just fuck it up. So, <laughs> you know, it's tradition. You got to say intro now with me. So it goes intro now. Okay, I'll count you in. Three, All right. two, one. Intro. Intro. Now. now. Perfect. You got it. That's aggressive. That's aggressive. paying attention now everybody's paying attention okay so you've lived in toronto for quite a long time i met you when you were a bartender so i just want to know a little bit about the nightlife from your perspective i mean covid's put a stop to the nightlife everywhere in the world mm -hmm. so tell me some things that you miss some things that you don't miss well first of all i want to say thank you for having me on your show mia Thank it's, you, Johnny, uh, for coming It's going to be a lot of fun. I respect your craft. I'm a fellow podcaster as well. Um, I'm the kind of guy, I've been bartending for like 18 years. Yeah. And I'm past the point where I want to go out, I want to get fucked up, I want to do it every night, four or five nights a week. But to still be able to go out and socialize and see friends when it's something that we didn't even think that we were taking for granted and all of a sudden... Yeah overnight it's like no no it's it's outlawed it's illegal you can't do it no gatherings all that kind of stuff so to answer your question simply what i really miss is just the opportunity to to meet up with friends and potentially make new connections because in terms of what you're doing with the podcast you I mean you're essentially you're you're marketing yourself you need these connections to be made and yeah. where do you make a lot of these connections is out at bars at restaurants at nights out with friends. That's where huge networks are created and strengthened. So if I had to say something that I miss the most about the nightlife, it's definitely the connections and the opportunities to formulate new relationships and potentially new business ventures. It's often advertised as a place with sex and hookups and love interests, but the nightlife mm -hmm. is so much more than that. It's a place to meet business connections and friendships and just platonic things as well. But with that being said, what do you not miss about the nightlife, especially as somebody who worked in it? Well, it's it's really funny that you bring up the point where it's how it's marketed as as, you know, sex, drugs and alcohol yeah. meet up, you know, go out, get laid, get wild, make memories. And I mean, I think that's ex that's extremely true. That is a big part of what the nightlife in the bar industry is. That's mm -hmm. how, you know, sex sells. People make money, people like liquor, and people want to get laid, right? I mean, that's you can't get away from that. But yeah. as A, as I'm getting older, and B, as I've been in the industry for so long, that's really the stuff that I don't miss. It's There's a lot of pressure, especially on women. There's a lot of expectations. Mm -hmm. Society still doesn't know how to 
how to be safe socially in certain situations. As a bartender, I've seen just horrible attempts at pickups or <laughs> horrible creepy guys dogging girls all night. And it's just, I don't know where these guys are raised or where the fuck these people come from, but it's just like, who the fuck taught you how to socialize? Yeah. In the sure. most social setting on the planet, which is a bar, and you don't know, you're fucking that up. Like, you don't even know how to be social properly. It's, it's, it, that's the shit I don't miss because it, it drives me fucking insane. I think that's one thing that I fear, too, coming out of COVID, is people have been in isolation for so long. And oh, they've yeah. all this horniness and grossness pent up. Yeah. And they, yeah. Don't, they just don't know how to socialize anymore. So they were already yeah. bad. Now they're going to come back even worse. What are your thoughts on that? It's gonna be it's gonna be like a like spring break. Yeah, just exactly. The, the hormones <laughs> smashing into each other, fueled by alcohol and bad cologne. It's Ew. gonna be like especially like I work on King West, like you worked on King West. Mm-hmm. It's I've only lived in Toronto. I've only lived here for like four years, and the shit that I've seen. You want to walk me through some of that? There's, you know, just. Boat hoes looking for boat owners and mm-hmm. bottle suckers and douchebag guys and guys with their wives at home with the kids for the weekend looking for trouble and just oh, yeah. people who don't know how to talk to people in the service industry, just entitlement and privilege and just, oh, after so many years, it's just you develop a radar for it. Mm-hmm. I would say it's half radar, half tolerance. Because at some point you have to give up the power you think you have, you know, to stop it. And you just have to allow it. And you just have to kind of disassociate from it. I don't know about that. So, I mean, I agree that it's definitely a school of thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, that was a big part of when I was working in Dubai. I heard that a lot. It's, you know, you see something crazy and then it's just, you'll get used to it. Yeah. You'll get used to yeah. it. This is, this is the way it is. You'll get used to it. And... The first few years, like when I was in the industry and you start to see, it's almost like a really bad cop movie when you're, you're the good cop <laughs> and you see all the corruption in the police station. And yeah. You're like, I got to tell someone. And then everyone's like, you shouldn't, you can't, don't, don't, it's not worth it. And I mean, after a few years, I was just like, I'm not going to take shit from anybody, whether it be a customer, whether it be an owner, whether it be a manager or whether it be a coworker. It's just, sure. I have a a certain line that I won't allow anyone to cross. I don't give a fuck if you're the dishwasher all the way up to the owner of the business. My biggest thing is is essentially how, I'm, I'm an extremely sexual guy, but how women are treated. That's sure. a huge, huge, I'm extremely, extremely protective of female patrons um, or anyone who identifies as a, fe- as a female sitting at my bar. It's, I mean, I feel I have a duty to not let these disgusting perverts creep on them when they're just trying to have a good time it just drives me fucking insane you know i think what you were saying before about you have a line that you won't allow to be crossed i think you have three Mm -hmm. really important things in your corner number one Mm -hmm. you're a male right Mm -hmm. two you're built fucking bigger than a truck and three you're six what six four six five six five So you have those three. So when I say that I like to disassociate because I don't have any power, I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to know that we have advocates like you. But I mean, have you ever worked in a bar where there's men who just kind of have that I don't condone it, but I don't condemn it attitude? Well, there's men and there's women like that everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's complacency. 
It yeah. does it doesn't make it right. It's extremely dangerous because there's that saying, what do you allow people to get away with teaches them how to treat you. For sure. And I will completely agree with you. I have three massive advantages. I'm a massive white guy. Yes. Like Yes. But I mean, and I will never say, oh, you know, there's no difference, there's no difference. But I've worked with more than a handful of extremely good uh, females, whether they be servers or bartenders or whatever else. I think a big part of that is is how you carry yourself. And it really, really sucks that even you have to say, well, you know, you have the advantage you're a male because it's already inside your head that I'm at a disadvantage because of my sex and my size. That's horrible. That sucks. It's a truth. Yeah. It sucks. It's all, it's weird because it's almost like what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Was it this mm-hmm. bias that men have towards women or was it that idea being ingrained in our heads so often and for so long that we believe it too and we're the ones to now advocate for that idea? We well, yeah, the chicken or yeah, chicken yeah. or the egg. That's a good that's a good way to do it. Am I you know, am I protecting you because you're a woman or am I protecting you because I'm the man? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, just like we're talking about it now, there are lots of women who would say, I don't need any fucking protection. I can take care of myself, just as there are women who say, no, no, I like my man to stand up for me and defend me. And both of those women are right. Absolutely. Okay, so last question for this subject before we move on. Mm -hmm. You've been in the industry for, what, 18 years, you said? 18, give or take 18, yep. How the hell do you have the stamina to survive in the industry. I've only been in it for three-ish, four years now, and I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm so done. It's all bullshit. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all an act. I mean, yes, I am actually an actor as well, but most bartenders, most really, really good bartenders or good servers, anyone in the industry, you have to be a good actor. You have to be able to put on a show. Yeah. Now, that's not just to say, hey, it's, it's for the the client's benefit it's for the customer because they get to see you know a peppy energetic bartender who's always on quick with the jokes makes a fast drink all that kind of shit for sure that's not just for them a big part of that is also for myself because when i walk into work i turn it on i'm johnny i become yeah the character the show i get to, i get to unleash and maybe a little bit more of an extreme version of myself and Absolutely. i get paid to do it and i get paid well to enjoy it now at two o'clock when the when the serving is done and when I start counting cash and I'm getting ready to leave, I get to turn that off. Yeah. I get to be who I really, really wanna be. I get to completely take myself out of that industry. And I mean I've been doing it long enough that I am the type of guy who I have no problems bartending five nights a week, but I don't like to go out to bars. Like I Yeah. It ruins your perspective of it for sure. It, it's that, and it's just I'm 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 done. When I get my downtime. I would just want to be at home, relaxing, being quiet. You know, getting yeah. as far away from that as possible. I put my time in. I paid my dues. I also find that when I'm working in a bar, I hate the assholes who come in, and then when I come mm-hmm. into a bar as a patron, I become that asshole. Fair, but. Even at your drunkest, you'll have an urge to like get up on the table and do something stupid. But there's that little voice in the back of your head that's just a little bit louder. Be like, "You, what are you doing? You're fucking. You're in this industry. Don't be an idiot. You don't want that happening." So whether you do it or not, there's at least someone telling you inside, like, "You probably shouldn't do that." Yeah. You know, how many times have you been blackout drunk and you've still managed to pay your bill? 
for sure. And tip. Whereas, <laughs> and a lot. Yeah, and tip very well. Whereas a lot of people who've never been in the industry will go out and then get so drunk they forget their pen. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just doesn't, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to people like us because we've lived it. We've done it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you, but I also think the way that doctors make the worst patients, I think industry mm-hmm. people are still the worst people to serve. When when they're the, the rough ones, yeah, they're the fucking worst. They are Like the when worst. the bad kind of bar staff come in, you're just like, and I mean, you've worked in a couple of places. We've worked in a couple of places together where a group will walk in and you're just like, oh, yeah, fuck, <laughs> yeah. Like, here we go. Whose section are they in? It's not even worth like the 30 percent. No, like, it's, it's not. It's not even worth it. I don't want to do this. I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> yeah, you're completely right. Like the worst. Like yeah, the worst of the worst. Just like the best of the best. Exactly. Just shut the fuck up. Just, Get out. We don't want you here. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to our next section. Move it right on. Here we go. Okay, let's flip the script. Let's talk a little bit about women. So how would you sexually identify? Let's start off with the basics. Mm-hmm. I would identify as straight. Okay. Very fluid. Like, I mean, I'm very, very open, but I'm, I'm straight. I'm absolutely straight. Okay. And what's your relationship status right now? Or what do you have going on right now? I'm single poly right now. What does poly mean? So polygamous would be like multiple sexual partners. Polyamorous would be multiple lovers and not just people that you're looking to fuck, but people that you have, you know different levels of friendship with or different levels of relationship with people that you're not just necessarily spending time together to bump uglies how do you have those conversations do your different lovers know about each other absolutely so speaking for myself um as a younger guy even up until not even you know no more than a few years ago i was not the greatest communicator um and i think that's a big problem with most men is that we're afraid to say what we want or we're afraid to hurt somebody so we'll lie right or we're afraid of being open about who we are so we cheat and i mean i did all three of those things it was did some terrible shit um but as you get older and as you mature both as a lover and as a human being it it becomes or it should become easier to really open up about a who you are uh b what you want and c what you're willing to welcome into your life yeah and my ideal situation for myself and any lover or potential lover that I encounter may look great for me, but might not look great for somebody else. It just right. really depends on what you're into and you know what you're willing to disclose and what you're willing to be communicative about. The more and more honest you become, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. So everyone who I'm involved with, yes, they all, they all know each other. Huh. Well, isn't that <laughs> nice? They don't even know of each other. They know each other. Yeah. That's great. That's great yeah. news. Did something happen that made you feel polyamorous deep in your heart? I just, I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger, not being um, open with my girlfriends in my monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest part was admitting to myself that just at this point in time, I'm 37 now, but still even at this point in time, monogamy just is not something that I'm, you know, prepared for or something that I'm willing to welcome into my life. Five or six years ago, 
if you as a as another man were to approach me when I was with a lover and be like, hey, like, would you mind if you know I had sex with your woman? Absolutely not. Like, I we're gonna have to fight. This is horrible. <laughs> this is attacking my manhood. I can't tolerate this. No, 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 no. Whereas right now, hey, open love, please, mm-hmm. please. Will she? Will, if she's if she wants to, more than your consent is sexy. Absolutely. Yeah. The more the merrier. Have fun. I wish you guys the best. Can I fucking watch? Can like, I watch? I was gonna say. Yeah, that. like absolutely. Yeah. So, and I mean, I know a lot of guys, um, a lot of a lot of buddies, and a lot of people that I talk to who are just like, that's there's no fucking way I couldn't do that. There's no way I want to kill the guy. And I was like, that's exactly how I was. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I felt. And I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I'm just saying. Based on who I was and how I felt versus how I feel now, is monogamy a possibility? Who knows? Absolutely, it's a possibility. Yeah. Tell me how your tastes have changed. So not so much in the monogamous aspect, but of the women you go for. Do you find that as you're getting Mm -hmm. older and you're maturing, you go for different things? Yeah, absolutely. I love, I definitely probably had a type. I still have, I don't even want to use the word type, Mm -hmm. but I definitely... But you definitely have a close your, close your eyes, close your eyes and pick your pick your ideal partner. I mean, there are a few characteristics that are consistent in a lot of the of a lot of the women that I see and I'm like, oh my god, like you're absolutely <laughs> fucking stunning. There are consistent sort of consistent traits. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many lovers past and present have been all different sizes, shapes, colors, creed, creeds, religions, depths. everything. I I ab- uh, depths, absolutely. <laughs> I've had some some me- real Mensa candidates and some uh, some who are about as deep as a puddle. But I like good, stimulating conversation. A big philosophy of, a life philosophy of mine is come as hard as you laugh. I like that one. I've never heard that. Yeah. I'm going to start saying yeah. it to every person mine. I know. That's why you've never heard it. I like it. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, trademark. And I, think it's, I think it's huge. I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing more embarrassing than you see. You see it so many times on TV or in movies, or you hear stories about it. When you know, the sex, everything is said and done, and then, you know, you roll over and like sheepishly start putting clothes back yeah. on and stuff like that. No, no, no. We're gonna lay in bed naked, and we're gonna talk about your favorite Jim Carrey movie, or we're gonna talk about the worst hummus you've ever had. Like, let's yeah. shoot the shit. Let's have some fun. Let's have some banter. There's no need. There's no need to be ashamed. Or to be, you know, oh my god, cover up, the sex is over. It's, you know, nudity isn't always sexual. Yeah, I remember uh, back when we were working together and you'd say, yeah, my favorite pickup line is, you want to come over, smoke a joint, take a shower? Smoke a joint and have a shower. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like, excuse me? Just (laughs) telling you what wavelength I'm on, okay? There's two of my favorite things. If it was hilarious, great. If it was creepy, then I'm definitely not the type of person for you. Yeah. Um, As I've gotten older, yeah, my taste has definitely, let's say broadened because I'm not just you know looking to fuck your body I'd like to share a few laughs with you as well I want to so. fuck your mind yeah I want to f- I'm gonna, can, you feel, can you feel my dick in your mind right now can you feel me fucking your mind gross <laughs> um so okay I mentioned this before we started recording but the infamous mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey line of I keep getting older but the women stay the same yeah. age that's is that applicable? High school girls. <laughs> all right, it, all right, all right. You know what? For a lot of guys, absolutely, absolutely. Anyone who says that's not true is completely full of fucking shit. Yeah. Like, to this day, there are still, I mean, there are, are 
19, 20 year olds running around and I'm just like, my God, like how, where did, where did they make you? Like what factory did they make you in? Like you're not, you people are not supposed to exist. You're that good looking. Yeah. But like I said, I can't, I can't deal with no depth. Yeah. Like I don't care how physically attractive you may be by society standards. Yeah. Because there's so many, like my definition of hot or sultry or attractive is not with most of Toronto's tastes, let's say, okay? Like, I mean, the whole Kardashian clones with the, with the blown up lips and everything that, that's like, oh my God, these women are so hot. They're not, they're not. So what would you describe your type as? I mean, you don't want to say you have a type, but you have a type. So what is your type? Small and angry. Small and angry. I just, I like edge. So if I were to approach a woman and say, I think, I think you have very beautiful eyes. And she were to turn to me and look me straight in the face and say, fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I melt. I Come fall over and apart. take a shower. Oh my, oh my God. I've like, take, I'll take your last name. I will take your last name. You can name all the kids. You can have all my shit. Perfect. Um, so it's, that's what I mean when I say small and angry, like tattoos are a bonus. Yeah. But small and angry, just someone, someone with some edge, someone who can keep me on my toes. Because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lot. I'm a lot to fucking handle. Yeah. There has to be a good like, roast to love ratio for in any sure. good relationship. So you got to be able to take the piss out of each other. I think it's so important for a good relationship just to fuck with each other. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to move on again. Music now. <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> Something I've picked up on is not very blatant, kind of subtle, a little bit of ageism. Like, I feel like you're very much like, I'm older than you. I know more than you. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I'm that old crotchety bartender. And I mean, I'm the first to admit it. But the big thing that I've noticed is that it's that weird shit where your parents told you and then their parents told them when all that shit is coming true mm-hmm. and you're you're filling in those shoes. You're like, I'm never going to be like you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to not know how to use technology. I'm not going to shit on kids for having fun. And then you get to, you get here and you're just like, why is the fucking music so loud? Why is everyone moving so goddamn fast? Yeah. Like, why does this TV has to be voice activated? Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely... I'm hard on on the younger people, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I try and I try and salt bay some humor into it, some comedy. So for all the topics that you're just so much more wise than me and people my age, um, <laughs> what topics? That was so backhanded. <laughs> what subjects do you think that you're most like you're you're constantly ranting about, or you're like, oh my god, you're going through this again, or like, ah, I'm seeing younger people doing this, and I just want to say something. Like, what do you find you're always picking on younger people about? I laugh. Uh, my biggest thing is like those those three month uh, those three month Instagram relationships. Yeah. Where like the love of my life, the love of my life, the love of my life. We like you know they do everything together, all this shit. Like you are my everything. Like I don't know, I didn't know what love was before you, and then. Three months later, you go back on their page, all the pictures are gone, and then there's like a, there's like a Lotus Blossom post <laughs> about opening your third eye and grounding your root chakra and finding who you are. Yeah, it's they're reading like, a lot of poetry now. It's a lot of rupee. What's, <laughs> rupee what's core. Name, rupee? <laughs> a lot <Yeah>. of rupee core. <laughs> 
find the lot blessings of woke, from A lot within. of wokeness, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, hey, like, whoa, 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 whoa. So it's, it's for me, a lot of that shit obviously was going on when I was 18, 19, 20, obviously. But we didn't have, like, I'm really aging myself. Like, we didn't have Instagram. That's we not didn't have aging all these... yourself. I didn't have Instagram in my childhood. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Even, like, I'm saying when I was, like, 18, 19, but, uh, yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we didn't have everything out for the world to see. It was, like, validation. Then, oh, my God, it fell apart. Sympathy. Then, yeah. oh, wait, I'm back. Validation. Oh, fuck, this fell apart again. Sympathy. So, it's this exhausting heave-ho. Yeah, this pendulum. And, uh, like, for everyone who's looking at their phone screen right now, like, we don't care. Like, stop. We don't care. Yeah. But it's only, people are only saying that because we're addicted to our phones. We're obviously looking at shits. So we're looking at other people's lives. So it's very, very two-sided, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the, that's the big thing for me is just the shit that I remember thinking mattered so much when I was younger. Having it like in my face, like as a reminder, it's like, ah. Uh, like when you see, like I'll see kids in their, in their early 20s. And they're going out and buying all this shit. And you're just like, I did the same shit. I God, I just should have put 10 grand aside and invested in property. Why didn't I fucking do that? So this generation, like we're watching the mistakes that we made. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's just being packaged for us. Like, it's just like, here, look, 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 look. It's interesting too, because you don't even need to have kids to watch those mistakes happen anymore. No, because they're universal. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's, you know, it's, that's why movies and books and stories and, and everything is, is written, are written the way they are because we follow, for the most part, we follow a set life path. A lot of, a lot of humanity does. And, you know, that's the way we're supposed to live our life. So you see it everywhere. Like, ah, another one, another fucking idiot. And it's just, we're everywhere. It's, we're going to make these mistakes. We're only human. What was that humbling moment? And was there one where you're like, holy fuck, I need to snap out of this? When I was my late my late late 20s and i was still in ottawa and i was like fucking the big the big guy bartending downtown i was like one of like the bar stars like you know you walk into a bar everyone knows your fucking name you don't pay for drinks all that all that bullshit that horrible bullshit (laughs) i love that was like yeah i know fair i mean as you should because it's when you're at that age you want to be you want to be the rock star as you should enjoy it okay i'm just past it so i'm allowed to bitch about it of course of course um so being in that mode and then telling myself like by 30 I'm going to own a bar by 30 this is going to be my life this is going to be my life and as I was getting closer and closer and closer to it is when I really started falling out of love with the industry Mm -hmm. just not wanting to be Johnny Goats not wanting to be the guy not just till 2am but till 5 or 6am because you got to go after party of course you do and you know you're working Tuesday, but you're off Wednesday, but you have to go out Wednesday night because if you don't go out, people will forget about you. Even yeah. though you've already been drinking the previous three yeah. days. I have to. I have, I have to. to. I, there's no yeah. question. I have to go. Yeah. yeah. We used to call it social maintenance. That was our way of justifying it. I, that's perfect because that's exactly what it is. If I'm not out, what they're going to forget about me. And then if they forget about me, I won't be as popular. Then I won't get all the good bar shifts. Then I won't make all the money. And it's just, yeah. it's this horrible, horrible sickness. And... As I exited my 20s and entered my 30s, I was like, I'm clearly not happy. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to make a change. And the only reason that I ever loved becoming a bartender or loved being behind a bar was not 
the booze. It was not the drugs. It was not the women. It was it was the show. I always wanted to be an actor. That's what the allure was. Like right. I grew up in a family pub. Like my, it was my grandfather's pub. Say what you want to say about his management style, but he was one of the best performers to ever be on a fucking stage. He could captivate a crowd with one word on a microphone. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I'm a performer. That's what I want to do. So that's how I... My, was always my end game in my heart. It just wasn't the end game in my head because I was like, no, no, I've got to own a bar. I've got to run a nightclub. Girls, money, power, all that empty bullshit. Right. And I really wish that I had focused on my, my real passions a lot earlier as, instead of falling down the rabbit hole, which is the industry that you and I both know. Yeah. It's tough. It's a cycle that's so... It's exhausting, but it's addicting because mm -hmm. you Absolutely. hate it until you're it's there a drug. it is yeah, it honestly is you hate it until you're there when you're there you love it you're in the zone you're putting on that performance people love you you're getting that validation you go mm -hmm. home on this high you can't even sleep because you're so excited about all the money you just made and then you wake up the mm -hmm. next day and you're like oh fuck i have to work again yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it's all about the money you hate you get to work you get ready you hate it this is bullshit this sucks no one's coming in this is garbage 10 o'clock hits it starts to get busy 11 o'clock it's busy i love my life yeah. i don't know why i ever didn't want to come in then repeat yeah repeat yeah repeat yeah absolutely it's a very vicious cycle and i mean if myself at 37 were to travel back in time and look at my 27 year old self and be like hey man like this isn't this isn't your whole world like smarten the fuck up i would have told myself to go fuck myself for sure but like you don't know what you're talking about old man like this is gonna be me forever and that's that's just the way that it is that's why it's so hard to to legitimately come down on people that are younger than me i like to bitch i like to complain because sure, yeah. i like to entertain myself but there's no way that I can live for you. Like you have to learn yourself and we all do. Mm -hmm. I would Don't. love to know how many pages in a book or how many books could be filled up with parents being like, save your money. Don't go out as much. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> oh my God. So think of how many times you've heard it, right? Yeah, exactly. And so add, add 15 years mm -hmm. and think of how many times I fucking heard it. And there have been opportunities. There already have been opportunities at your age and there were plenty at my age when I was a lot younger where I have an extra fifteen hundred bucks. I could save this. No, nope. <laughs> not a chance. No, nope. no. Nope. Yeah. yeah, that's a trip to Cancun right there. We'll go. Let's fucking go. And then the people who do save their money are like, "Oh, you're so fucking cheap." Yeah, you're exactly. So cheap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You bought a house at twenty-seven. Who gives a shit? And then it's like, oh, that's you why. have equity. Yeah. You have equity. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you have assets. What are those? Yeah. Yeah. yeah weird. Oh. Weird. Yeah. I got a visa debit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I think we bitched enough. We've covered a lot about the nightlife and sexual partners, mm -hmm. and just you oh, know, man. a conversation between a young person and an older young person. See what I yes. did there? Um, Peter Pan. Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. Exactly. That's us. So yeah. another tradition we have here on Drunk Confessions is to give a drunk confession. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything recent. It could be anything mm -hmm. that you want to share. But you have to start it by saying, forgive me, Father Larry, for I have sinned. Okay. Forgive me, Father Larry, for I have sinned. That's how I have to start it? Yes. And a story, a drunken story. So... Forgive me, Father Larry, for I have sinned. One afternoon, a couple of friends of mine were having a denim party. Now, I had to work that night. Um, at 8 o'clock, I had to be at the nightclub 
where I was working okay. to get there and set up for an event. It was whatever, some red light, green light party. So the party was a day party. So it was afternoon drinking. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll be able to make it. I just won't get too fucked up. We'll drink vodka Red Bulls. Yeah. So like four or five rolls around, I'm hammered. Just really, really, really drunk. Like I'm more drunk than I should be. And then this is the time when I decide, okay, I should probably pump the brakes. So I go to McDonald's across the street and I order a hundred cheeseburgers and a hundred junior chickens. Fuck off. Yeah. So they wouldn't make them for me. I was like, I'll pay for them first and then you'll make them for me. They're like, okay, cool. So they make, it was like six of those big fuck oh you McDonald's Oh my God, bags. yeah. And it was like, it was like a massacre. I just throw the food in the middle of the party. There's like 20 people and there's so much food. People are eating, people are having a food fight. It's super, super crazy. And about two hours later, it's like 7, 7.15. I got to get ready to go to work. I'm way too fucked up. Like, yeah. I can't work. There's no way that I can work. And I was like, okay, if someone has a little bit of blow, if I can just do a bump, I'll be able to give my head a shake, sober up, and head to work, and I'll be able, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Nobody at the party had any blow. Um, one of my friends, she had some M. She had a cap oh, of M. Oh, no. Her logic was, well, if you rail it, maybe it'll hit the same as, as cocaine and you'll be fine. And obviously, because I was super, super drunk, I was like, that logic seems extremely sound. That makes sense. So I go into the bathroom and I rail a full cap of MDMA. Like, I instantly go blind in my left eye. Oh, no. Like, the, the burning, it was just this horrible, like, this is not what I wanted to happen. It was, it was absolutely fucking terrible. Um, but it does wake me enough to be able to get, you know, go to work and just focus. So I get to work, I get my bar set up and working with my buddy Oz and, uh, we get the doors open. It's going around 915, 920, my shirt's gone. So my shirt's somewhere in the crowd, awesome. never to be seen again around 10 o'clock. My pants are gone. Nice. So my pants are somewhere never to be seen again. And I was behind the bar with my underwear around my ankles and my bartending partner Oz was throwing plastic shot glasses at me and I was trying to hit them with my dick. This is like at 11, like this is a Rand bar, this is a full nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people are seeing this, trying to order drinks and everyone's like, what the fuck is, oh is going God. on? So they let me stay on. I whatever if i make it through the night apparently at the end of the night i was so fucked up that i refused to let people pay their bills i was like what you're not paid for your drinks you're a friend of mine get the fuck out of here <laughs> oh my god so at the end of the night unbeknownst to me we were 600 dollars short uh-oh on inventory yeah so everything that was in the tips had to go to pay had to pay shortage i fucked off because i was too fucked up let the other bartender clean everything oh no and i went home and my phone died so like i woke up and it was like 40 text messages 20 something missed calls it was it was pandemonium and the only thing that the owner of the owner of the nightclub said was this maybe next time don't pull your dick out yeah i was thinking that's a perfect tie-in to our uh, putting on a show in this in the yeah, service industry yeah. i mean you you did that you took that right to heart i was in my younger years it was there was no better show like the, i did the weirdest shit holy so. shit in my youth in my in youth. your youth you're still in your youth ish if, yeah, if you want to if you want to call it that if if you want to yeah <laughs> um well guys that was johnny gotier 
just treating us like kings and queens here on Drunk Confessions podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time, your wisdom, and your intellect. Um, Do as I say, not as I do. Perfect. If you want to plug Mm -hmm. your Instagram, your podcast, your movies, your shows, whatever it may be, now is your time. There's so much, guys. If you just want to see more of my crazy life, just on Instagram, it's John Thomas Gautier, all one word, one name, lowercase. And uh, yeah, my podcast is called Chewing the Fat. We're going to be doing some rebranding, so the name might change. But if you want to check it out, that's on Spotify. It's called Chewing the Fat. So thank you, Mia, for having me. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. It was good to get your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. Coming from a different age bracket. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to have you on my show sometime. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yes. Crossover episode. Crossover episode, yes, exactly. Love to do it. Well, you can check out this podcast anytime on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And send us a message on Instagram at Drunk Confessions Podcast if you want to get your Drunk Confession featured. (laughs) Okay, we're taking off. We're out of here. That was fun.